To stop the coronavirus, put a lid on it. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. If the bathrooms don't work or the trails and campgrounds are closed, it's hard for visitors to enjoy national parks like Yosemite or Yellowstone. So said Senator Martin Heinrich, a Democrat from New Mexico, in sponsoring the Great American Outdoors Act, which the Senate approved in a bipartisan vote last week. Supporters say it will be the most significant conservation legislation enacted in nearly half a century if passed by the House which is likely. There are two parts to the bill. Nine and a half billion will be spent over the next five years to help the Park Service and other agencies address their maintenance backlogs. And the measure will also permanently support the Land and Water Conservation Fund with $900 million annually. The fund has been used to expand national parks and build things like bike paths, baseball diamonds, and boat ramps. USA Today reports that the bill's passage marks a victory for preservationists who have fought for years to use money generated from fossil fuel production for environmental benefits. The Trump administration had proposed cutting the Land and Water Conservation Fund budget from $150 million to just under $8 million. The Associated Press reports that some Gulf Coast senators have complained that inland states receive an unfair share of revenue from the fund, which comes from offshore drilling. The Trump administration reversed an Obama-era effort to regulate a widespread contaminant in drinking water that has been linked to fetal and infant brain damage. The decision not to regulate the compound perchlorate was widely expected after the New York Times reported last month that EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler would defy a court order. The agency had agreed to establish a safe drinking water standard for the pollutant by June 19th. In a statement, Wheeler defended the decision not to set a standard for perchlorate, which the EPA has acknowledged is an endocrine disruptor, saying state and local water systems are effectively and efficiently managing levels of the compound. The EPA also overturned the underlying scientific finding that perchlorate posed a serious health risk for up to 16 million people in the United States. Even while COVID-19 cases continue to rise in many states in the U.S., some people are starting to go to reopened restaurants and other public spaces, and it's likely they'll have to use the restrooms. That could spread the virus, according to a study published last week that suggests flushing a toilet can create a plume of coronavirus-laden particles, which are flung into the air as far as three feet. The coronavirus can be found in the feces of infected people, and it's unknown how long it lasts there. A co-author of the study said when an infected person defecates, the germs first settle in the toilet bowl, then the flushing process can lift them into the air where another person can breathe them in. A flush plume can also spread the virus that's already in the air in a restroom. National Geographic reports that neither the World Health Organization nor the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention think it's very likely that COVID-19 can be spread by bowel movements. But it's still uncertain. The researchers say there are precautions you should take in publicly shared restrooms. Wearing a face mask is important, and if there's a lid, put it down before flushing. A plume of dust from the Sahara Desert has been observed by satellites to be moving west across the Atlantic Ocean and now spans thousands of miles. The Washington Post reports that the coffee-colored cloud could make it to the Caribbean this weekend and to the Gulf Coast in about a week. According to NASA, 
every year winds loft about 800 million metric tons of desert dust from North Africa, by far the planet's largest source of airborne dust particles. The dust is often visible from space during the spring, summer, and early fall when huge plumes of dry air from the Sahara Desert blow westward over the tropical Atlantic Ocean. But it's not all bad, even though it can affect air quality in North and South America, because the dust can fertilize soils in the Amazon and also build beaches in the Caribbean. And the plumes that bring dust can suppress the formation and intensification of tropical cyclones, because the dust is an indication of a layer of warm, dry air that can decrease the likelihood of storms or hurricanes. And finally, as we know, bee populations are in decline because of climate change, pesticides, and habitat destruction. The disappearance of the pollinators could disrupt ecosystems and imperil our food supply, especially fruits and vegetables. To adapt, farmers have been looking for ways to manually pollinate plants, from using drones to feather dusters. Drones didn't work because they have a hard time not bumping into flowers and damaging them. Dusting blossoms by hand is time-consuming and labor-intensive, especially for an entire orchard. The best solution, of course, would be to help bee populations thrive. But in the meantime, Ijiro Miyako at the Japan Advanced Institute of Science and Technology got an idea. One day, while blowing soap bubbles with his son in a park, he wondered what if bubbles could pollinate flowers. He and a colleague headed into the lab to come up with a soap bubble that could carry pollen and nutrients, and then loaded the mixture into a toy bubble gun. They then released the bubbles in a pear orchard, and with about two to ten of them hitting each flower, 95% of the blossoms produced fruit. There are limits to this technique. Even a slight wind can send the bubbles off course, and rain can wash them off the flowers. But Miyako is not dismayed and is working on an environmentally safe version of his bubbles that would biodegrade faster. And we're guessing he could easily find children enthusiastic to send soap bubbles aloft. H2O Radio's coverage about emerging science and water is supported by you, our listeners. Help keep us effervescent by donating now at h2oradio.org. And thank you. Make me.